Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning. It is Thursday, March 11th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today's episode, another recruiting Thursday. I'm really excited for this one as Blair Angulo and our friends at the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast bring you all the big picture storylines, all the small picture storylines you need to know, everything about the class of 2022, the class of 2023, and beyond. They do a great job. You should be subscribing to them regardless of your team interest, where you live, whatever, because you if you're a true college football fan, you need to be in the know for recruiting. So this is today's episode of the Football Recruiting Podcast delivered right here on the College Football Daily Feed. Good. Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. We are deep into camp season, so we've got Andrew Ivins on the show this week to break down the latest stop that he made on the circuit. He was at the Under Armour All-America Camp in Miami, Florida. Uh, before we get to that, though, wanted to discuss the fact that a five-star running back is coming off the board this coming weekend. Emmanuel Henderson, he's the number two rated running back in the country according to the composite at 24 7 sports out of the state of alabama the crystal ball right now is trending towards alabama so he's announcing saturday march 13th at one o'clock central so make sure you stay locked in to the website to check all the latest on emmanuel henderson and his decision now over to andrew ivins andrew how are we doing I'm doing good, man. Sounds like Alabama's about to get this thing cranking, right? Was it ever a doubt, right, that they'd, they'd start get it cranking? I mean, it, the thing with Alabama right now is that it doesn't matter what time of the year it is, right? Like, there are some programs that turn it up a notch closer to the early signing period. There are some programs that get off to a really fast start or out the gate. Uh, they start rolling on all cylinders. You know, look at uh, Ohio State or look at uh, a USC, for instance, those two programs leading the charge in their respective conferences early on in the 2022 cycle. But but that's because a lot of the recruits try to snatch up a spot or or try to lock in their position in a recruiting class. They don't want that offer to, to come off the table. With Alabama, it, it just seems like it's just a consistent flood and it's just wave after wave after wave of them just taking the, the best available prospect at every position. Yeah, man. I think our colleague, Brandon Huffman, said it best. And I, I mean, my even been on the Dan Patrick show and he's like Alabama doesn't recruit they just kind of evaluate at this point they choose who they want and it's it's really when they want you know they, they get the pick of the litter and so we'll see what happens but it's 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 interesting that I think you know they're starting to make this turn now after they got Ty Simpson you know where do they go next will be interesting 
I don't know if I brought this point up to you when, when you were on the podcast earlier this year, but I was trying to explain it to my wife. And because she was asking me, uh, she has a coworker, I guess, who's named after Bear Bryant. His first name's Bryant. So she's trying to figure out why Alabama does so well in recruiting and, and why they keep appearing in the college football playoffs and, and how they win national championship after national championship and, and all that. And, and I basically explained to her to her this way, look at all the five-star prospects and, and look at all the, the top tier prospects that they get. Now translate that over to the NFL draft and you know the best team or the team that wins the Super Bowl based on the the win loss and and it's best based on on field success. So if they were basing it off of the NFL model Alabama would have the the 32nd pick right in, in the NFL draft. Well they just load up and they take they take multiple first round draft picks and that's how they keep stockpiling the the talent so it's i mean it's just remarkable so we'll see if if Emmanuel Henderson becomes that latest piece Auburn a few other schools in there for for Emmanuel Henderson you were in Miami your backyard for the Under Armour All America Camp Series stop a kind of a return to normalcy for us and the recruiting world and, and kind of the trail and the, the off-season circuit. Let me get your thoughts first on, on that, because it's been about a year since every weekend we've, we, we would have a really remarkable event. And it seems like we're now trending towards having a, a consistent schedule. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't even think about this till you brought it up. I mean, that was the last camp I covered last year before the shutdown and, uh, you know, everything ceased. Uh, I remember last year, not joking, but I said in, I think it was one of our group chats. I was like, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll cover the camp, but like, I'm going to wear a mask. And at the t- I mean, at the time that was like insane to think about. And now it's like, well, yeah, you had to attend this camp and wear a mask, but no, it was different. Look, man, the Under Armour camps uh, are awesome. Uh, they normally, it's an invite only thing. Uh, they're trying to get the best of the best of wherever they are in the country out to them. And it gives you an opportunity to size up some of these kids, uh, watch them compete, go through drills. And yes, it's not padded. They're in shirts and shorts, but you can see guys move alongside each other and kind of figure out who, who, who's, who's who, I guess, you know, you can, people can get exposed really fast. And, uh, the Miami one's always loaded this year. It was a little short on numbers. I think they normally have like 200 kids. They kind of trimmed it down to a hundred. So it wasn't as many, but a good event featured two of the top ranked recruits in the Sunshine State for the 2022 cycle. So it was exciting to see them. And then, you know, there's always some guys who turn heads and you're kind of searching through your roster, like, who's that? Who's that? So uh, good event. And, uh, you know, it's back, man. We did seven on sevens. Those have been going. Now we're getting these elite camps and it it feels like we're going to have the elite 11 this summer, which will be awesome. And then hopefully the opening finals as well. Yeah, the very good events. You mentioned it. It's elite versus elite. It's invite only, specifically in this environment. And it really allows for us to be able to evaluate these prospects better. But also, you get a lot of recruiting scoop because these are the best players in the country that are getting the offers, that are getting a lot of the phone calls and the virtual meetings and, and doing the Zoom stuff right now and, and potentially getting on the road soon. There were two guys, the top two recruits in the state of Florida that we want to discuss, is, and that would be Gabriel Brownlow 
Dindy, uh, as well as Shamar Stewart. What's the latest on the top two prospects in the Sunshine State? Well, let's just start with Gabe Dindy. Um, and before we even get into his recruiting, let's just talk about him as a prospect because he's like a, a, a trend up guy for me. And that's kind of insane because he's currently ranked by 24-7 Sports as the number five player in the country in the class of 2022. I mean, uh, he was super impressive. He wasn't the alpha dog of the camp, and that's probably more so it has to do with the lack of one-on-one reps he got. I mean, there wasn't a, a ton of time spent in that segment of the camp, but man, he came in just over six foot two, just under 280 pounds, goes 4'8 in the 40-yard dash at that weight, and then had the highest vertical jump out of anyone there, 33 inches. So that's higher than any DB, any wide receiver. Uh, you know, the guys that weigh 150 pounds, uh, Gabe, Gabe Dendy was jumping higher than him. And he's just an awesome story. I mean, when we first uncovered him back in June, we had no idea who he really was. And we, we kind of rolled the dice and moved him up really high in the rankings because at the time he had some good testing numbers. But man, he looks like he's the real deal in the class of 2022. Probably made his case to be the number one recruit from the state of Florida moving forward. I mean, you're talking about a guy who is, he's also getting it done in pads. He had 29 tackles for loss as a as a sophomore. Uh, I think it was, that number was around 18 as a junior, but he's he's super exciting. Uh, a guy that I just really like. I, I think I wrote, he's built like a, a Mack truck. Just he's so solid and so powerful. But on the recruiting front, Seems like Clemson's in there, Ohio State, and then many people think you know Oklahoma is going to be the team to beat because that's where mom and dad went. But I kind of wrote this in my notebook uh, as when, once I got home on Sunday. I would keep an eye on Clemson. You know, uh, I think he's really kind of drawn to. Dabo Sweeney and and that faith-based culture that has been created at Clemson. I mean, think about it like this, you know, when when Gabe showed up to check in, this camp was on a Sunday. I was like, Hey, you know, where's, where's your dad, man? He's like, Oh, my dad's at church right now. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I knew they were, you know, Christians and all that. I just didn't realize, you know, he wasn't going to go watch his son or anything. So I think Clemson's the team to watch there, but man, he was, he's the real deal. And I think he is going to be a big get for anyone that's able to eventually pick up that signature. Yeah. Oklahoma right now, holds the lead for Gabe Dindy in the crystal ball. They've got all three votes and the confidence level right now is at a seven. And, you know, we had Steve Wilfong talking about some of the big 12 recruiting storylines earlier this week. And he mentioned Oklahoma's push for for players like Dindy, especially on the defensive side of the ball and how they need playmakers. They need difference makers on that side of the ball to take that next step and take that program to the next level. So it's going to be interesting to see whether Oklahoma is able to hold on to some of that lead or, or if it's perceived that maybe, like you said, Clemson could be pushing there and, and making a, a, a strong impression. Shamar Stewart is another prospect and, and obviously one that uh, has a lot of notoriety right now in his recruitment. And you wrote that Texas A&M is making a strong push. Yeah, so Shamar Stewart is the number one ranked player in the Sunshine State right now. Excuse me. He's at a Monsignor Pace, which is an Opelaka, kind of a suburb of Miami. I, he initially was our, our number one ranked player at, at one point nationally. Um, so, you know, his recruitment, LSU has long been the crystal ball leader. I That's where my pick's been. I think it's been over like 12 months. I still like the Tigers and Ed Orgeron. Um, I think they've done a really good job.
job. And you got to remember when they first went after Shamar was right after that magical season with Joe Burrow. And yeah, things didn't go as planned in 2020, but I don't think the shine has wore off just yet. Uh, you mentioned Texas A&M and I, I, I point it straight up asked Shamar. I'm like, hey man, like, is there anyone that you feel like has made a move in your recruitment? He's like, yeah, Texas A&M. He's like, I just did a virtual visit there. Um, I, I like what Jimbo Fisher is doing and, and the, how they talked to me about how they were going to use me and all this. So I think Texas A&M's a, a team trending up. I don't know if I'd put them in the lead lead pack. I think that's LSU and Georgia, but certainly someone to watch out for. And you got to remember Texas A&M they played in the Orange Bowl recently. You know, that's where they ended the season. And that's like at Hard Rock Stadium, which I think is, you know, a 10 minute drive from where Shamar Stewart goes to school. So you talk about bowl games. Hey, do bowl games matter and location? I mean, probably not in the big picture of things, but I do think Texas A&M, ever since Jimbo's been there, has gotten more and more involved in the Sunshine State. I really think that Orange Bowl made a difference. Not, not that big of a difference, but it's kind of like helped them grow the brand a little bit more in the Miami-Dade, Broward county area so i think that's something interesting i mean i was wondering you know would they make a swing at one of these big guys and it seems like shamar stewart is the guy that they have circled in that 2022 cycle yeah so gabe dindy and shamar stewart the top two recruits in the state of florida and a lot of news coming out of the under armor all america event in miami neither of them were the alpha dog from the event we're going to get into that right after the break here you're listening to the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, I let the got here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching, these have been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We'll be right back with more from Andrew Ivins. But before that, wanted to remind you to please leave a five-star review with a recruiting question on Apple Podcasts. If you do so, you've got a chance to have that recruiting question answered on an upcoming mailbag episode. We've been building that mailbag episode. We want to make it a mega edition. So if you could, please give us a, a rating, give us those five stars, and it'll really help us out wherever you find your podcast. Now, Andrew, we, we talked about Shamar Stewart. We talked about Gabe Dindy, but there was another prospect that was named the Alpha Dog, according to 24-7 Sports, from the Under Armour All-America Camp Series stop in Miami. Yeah, that was Nigel Lee Kelly. I think I've talked about him on like every national hit I've done in the past like two months. This is a guy that was, you know, a, a mid three star recruit. I saw him play uh, in pads in October, said stock up, moved him to a high three star. Then we debuted him in, in the top 247 rankings a, a few weeks ago. And I, I think he's going to go even higher. He was the alpha dog, took a ton of reps during one on ones, but he just alongside some of the other other defensive linemen there and I've written about this it's a very deep year in the uh, state of Florida for defensive linemen like he moved unlike some of these other guys now he's 6'4 240 pounds had a monster junior season a bunch of sacks 13 sacks 20 tackles for loss but he was awesome uh, on the edge kind of bending and, and dipping around and you know just comparing him to some of his peers he was the best that day and I think he's a definitely a stock up guy committed to Florida State we'll see if they they can hold on to him. But yes, uh, you know, got that All-American Bowl invite recently. So uh, he continues to impress and is, is looking like one of the best prospects, uh, not only in South Florida, but in the in the state. 
Now that's going to be an interesting battle. Miami, Florida, both of those schools involved and, and trying to flip him. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Alabama or Clemson comes calling at, at some point. But I, again, uh, you know, these camps are great because you get those face-to-face interactions. Some of it's on record, some of it's off record. I mean, this was on record. I asked Nigel Leak, hey man, like who has the best chance at flipping you? And he was kind of taken back by the question because I think I was a little, you know, forward with it. And he's and then he's like, you know, probably Miami and, and the University of Florida. And Manny Diaz and the Miami Hurricanes are probably going to have three defensive linemen drafted in, in the, you know, day one or day two in the upcoming NFL draft. And I think they're really trying to sell Nigel E. Kelly on that. They got a new defensive line coach, Jess Simpson, who came from the Atlanta Falcons. So he's been at that next level. And I think that's the package that Miami is trying to work with Nigel E. Florida, on the other hand, you know, that's that's kind of been the most consistent of the big three in terms of winning games recently. So I think they have a fighting chance as well. I, I don't know, you know, where the scheme fit would be for Nigel Eek. Again, you know, some people think he's an edge. Some people think long term he kicks inside. Florida's got that three, four front, but I think it could work out maybe where he's your big defensive end and rushes. So this will be interesting. You know, that dead period could end in early June. Is he going to take visits? are some other big schools going to get involved, you know, like a Clemson or in Alabama or even like a Georgia. So we'll see, but definitely another stock up guy, you know, who knows, man, maybe he'll be a five-star by the time this cycle's over just because we love him so much. Yeah, I can't wait to see how many national hits you do on on Nigel Leak Kelly. <laughs> uh, you know, it's very interesting. These these events, these camps are are really good for evaluations. They're really good, like you said, for getting recruiting information and, and speaking to recruits and speaking to people at the camp. You get to see a lot of players that maybe you were already familiar with and and how they've changed, especially after a year off of of the camp circuit and and having you know dealt with the pandemic restrictions and, and all that. But you also get a chance to to see maybe some players you've never seen that that you liked on film or that maybe you 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 didn't even know existed and and you wonder who who's that right and, and you look at your roster and you you try to double check and make sure that you have the right guy uh, there was two guys that you got a chance to look at for the first time in person and that would be Azaria Thomas and Demario Tolan. Look, it's funny, you know, we work at 24-7 Sports. We work with, with a lot of our team sites, right? So guys will message me all the time because they'll see Florida and they think like he must be familiar with this kid. But Azarea lives on the complete other side of the state of, of me. He's in Niceville, Florida, which is up in the Panhandle. You know, I'm down in, in Fort Lauderdale. So that's about like an eight, nine hour drive. So I had never seen him before. Part of that is because of the pandemic. But he's a guy on tape that I absolutely like love. You know, he's, he's 6'2", 180 pounds, and he tested well on Sunday at that Under Armour camp. I kind of was wondering, you know, how fast would he be? Would 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 he check all the boxes? And I personally think, like he, if he was like, hey, I raised his hand and was like, hey, I'm a wide receiver. Like he might be the top wide receiver in the state of Florida this cycle. But he wants to play defensive back. He told me he's like, man, there's a ton of. I think he said six threes. Like there's a ton of six three receivers running around. There's not a ton of six three defensive backs. But he looked the part. Clemson's in there. Florida State's in there, Alabama's in there, Florida's in there, Miami's in there. So he was an interesting one, a guy that I think, you know, will he rise in the rankings? I don't know, but he definitely kind of passed 
you know, checked all the boxes that I had. And you like when you see a kid on tape and it, it all lines up and verifies like your eyes and everything. So he, he was certainly impressive. You know, it's funny you mentioned that a 6'3 defensive back. It's kind of like the basketball player, right? That is is semi-irrelevant at 6'5 or 6'6. And he's he's kind of just slumbering, slumbering around the, the basketball court. And, and you think, man, if he was a football player, like that would be a, a guy. It is like, and then they flip on over and, you know, then we're all like, who's that six, six guy running around. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so Demario Tolan was another one that, that you really liked. You said Miami, Florida state is, is in there. Georgia is, is making a push as well. Um, and a player that I think when you look at projection and when you look at evaluations, his, his off ball skills, uh, really stand out as well. Yeah. So he's at a really weird school in central Florida. I didn't have it written it down. Um, it's an Indian name and I, I'm a Florida native and I normally can nail like most of the, the cities or rivers and stuff. I, I I can't even get this one. He just told me to call it Toho. So he's at Toho. It's a newer school in Kissimmee, which is in Osceola County. And, and Demario Blair, I know like kind of on our rankings council, you are like in charge of linebackers or not. That's what you normally end up watching. And I think when me, you and, and Gabe Brooks, our, our colleague watched him, we're like, this guy's tape is awesome. We just want to know how big is he? Cause he's flying around hitting people. People and I measured him myself at, at six, two and a half, 200 pounds, and thought he was, he looked the part. A guy that's a three star now for us could potentially be a, a four star. And he runs track, I think it's 110 meter hurdles. He, he also plays basketball, part of the National Honor Society. So he's awesome. Recruitment seems to be pretty open, but Miami might have a leg up on everyone else because while we're in this NCAA dead period, meaning, you know, he can't go to Coral Gables and, and tour the IPF and sit down in Manny Diaz's office, he can kind of walk around on his own as long as he doesn't interact with anyone. And that that's what he did. I heard he was eating at like the five guys on campus. So uh, Miami kind of benefited from him going down to this camp, you know, it was a three hour drive, but uh, they found a way to, you know, at least show off part of that campus in one way or another. Yeah, no, and and that's kind of the the big thing right now is, is schools are trying to get creative with these self guided visits, making sure they get itineraries over to recruits at least until the rec- recruiting dead period is lifted. I know a lot of prospects are trying to figure out how they're gonna get on campus, how they're gonna see things, what's gonna be accessible once they get there. So you know, it does sound like the schools are prioritizing him. Uh, Andrew, before we let you go, one last topic to touch on with the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Miami, and, and that was the lack of skill position players. Is this a down year in the state of Florida? Yeah, man. When I was uh, filling in for you uh, on the podcast, I think I, 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 I talked... Honestly, I felt like I was going to get Wally pipped. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not that good. I mean, you, you drive the show. But, you know, I brought Bud on and we were talking about some strengths and weaknesses in the Sunshine State. You know, it's a normally there's 250 kids that go FBS or, or something like that every year. And I just kind of shot that number out there. I don't know. I know I ranked like 300 kids last year. So there's a lot, but this year compared to the past two, three, four, five years, it just seems like the offensive skill talent isn't what it was in previous years. And I found myself at the camp, like watching wide receiver DB one-on-ones. And I'm like, man, I really just don't love any of these wide receivers. And maybe some guys will emerge. I mean, there's some I like, but man, it's just not what it has been in years past. And you got to remember, this is a state that, you know, has churned out some NFL guys more specifically. So in South Florida, but I do think that is absolutely kind of a storyline when we're just talking big picture in the class of 2022 uh, nationally, because, you know, not only do Florida 
Miami and Florida State all kind of tap into that region. But look, man, West Virginia, you know, your Indianas, your Syracuses, like all those guys come and get skilled players from down here too. So it's it's it's, it's certainly interesting that it's it's a little dry. The downtime, I feel like, might also be affecting, right? Like, we, we might be seeing a lot of rusty players that haven't been able to do as much as they would have in a, in a typical recruiting cycle. And I'm really interested to see how this 2022 class bounces back from not being able to go out to camps and not being able to, to do some of the stuff that they typically do during the, the summer months or in the spring heading into the summer. You know, maybe that could be, uh, I'm not throwing out excuses for some of these players, but uh, but maybe that could be a thing too, right? Where it's, Maybe some of these players just haven't caught caught their momentum. That's yeah, it's a good theory for sure. I mean, you got to remember these guys for uh, at some length, you know, weren't lifting uh, like they normally would with their high school teams and all that. that I mean, that's something I had not really thought about. Us, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's what I'm here for, Andrew. I'm, I'm trying to expand your your mind, giving you a little bit more train of thought for for that brain. Uh, and you've got a lot on your plate, man. You're a podcaster, you're a photographer, you're uh, an analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow Andrew at Andrew underscore Ivans. It's been a pleasure as always, Andrew. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, man. All right, that is Andrew Ivans. A reminder, there's a lot going on at 24-7 Sports, especially this weekend. Andrew's going to be in Atlanta for a 7-on-7 tournament. Bud Elliott, another national analyst, will be in Orlando for the Elite 11. And I will be in Dallas along with the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wiltfong, covering the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Texas. So make sure you check the website for all the latest news, all the latest recruiting buzz on your favorite teams and top recruits in the country. That'll do it for us here on this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.